Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number eight of Heading North. My name's Nick, and this week we're going to dive heavily into car camping. But before we get started, I just wanted to take a second to let everyone know that right now on the HeadingNorthPodcast.com website, we have a sale going on. It's 10% off on the new Heading North Podcast Sunrise logo merchandise. So if you guys want to check that out, just go to HeadingNorthPodcast.com forward slash shop. But let's dive into car camping. When I first moved out to Duluth, I realized that I had the entirety of the North Shore available to me. And when I say the North Shore, I mean the section of Minnesota that goes between Duluth and the Canadian border right along the Superior, excuse me, right along Lake Superior. And I mean, I've gone camping, hiking all summer into the winter and multiple times a week, and I've barely scratched the surface of what's available to me. But the reason why I'm saying that is because when I go up north and as I started going up north more, I realized that I'd like to stay overnight and there isn't necessarily camping or hiking sites that are always available or sometimes I want to bring a lot of gear and be able to relax and kind of enjoy the, the creature comforts that you have when you're able to go car camping. For those of you who aren't necessarily familiar with car camping, this isn't having one of those rebuilt vans, buses, or an RV or anything like that. I'm talking specifically about using your vehicle and having a campsite that you can access via the roads and park your vehicle in that site. A lot of state parks have this option available as well as areas that are along natural spaces. There are a lot of opportunities to be able to park your car and camp right next to it or even sleep in your car. The cool thing about car camping is, is unlike hiking and doing overnights when you're backpacking, you're able to bring an immense amount more of more gear and camp a little bit differently than if you are limited to what you are able to pack within a pack or a couple bags based off of the weight and distance that you're going. I personally have a pickup truck and I have a cap on the back of it. And what this has allowed me to do is is to actually sleep in the back of my truck. So I don't even need to set up camp anywhere I go. I always set my hammock up when I'm out, but that's maybe two or three minutes of taking it out of the bag and hooking it around a couple trees with my tree safe straps. But I started doing that and I found that I could purchase a SUV air mattress. And what this is, is a thinner air mattress that is meant to sit in the back seat of an SUV. And when it's completely folded out, it actually fits my entirety of my truck bed. I think I have a six point two whatever foot truck bed and I can sleep in there comfortably, set my blankets up, pillows and everything else I need in there and then head up north to do my hiking, camping and everything else in between. This has been great, especially having a girlfriend who is into hiking, but not necessarily wanting to do the camping in a tent thing as she did a lot of backpacking when she was younger. She's just over it. So this was a great way for both of us to be able to get up north and to camp and travel in a way that we're not necessarily paying extra money for lodging. I do have a couple posts posted of what my camping setup looks like on the Grizzly Adams Instagram, as well as the Heading North Podcast Instagram. So if you want to scroll through and check those out, please do. There's a lot of really neat things that I've done with being able to camp in the back of my truck. Not all car camping involves staying inside the vehicle. Really what car camping is as a specification is the ability, like I had said before, to bring a lot more stuff with you and park your vehicle within your campsite. That way you can access it. It's a great option, especially when you're in bear country like I am, where you can lock everything away inside of your vehicle. Obviously keeping food up in a bear bag, you know, a good amount away from where the campsite is. When I say you can pack a lot more stuff, there's really limitless opportunities, I guess, based off of the size of your vehicle is where your limitation would be. A good checklist that I want to give you is to to bring a sleeping bag, a sleeping pad and or air mattress and pump. Uh, You can bring your hammock and straps, camping blanket, pillows, camp chairs, tents, tent footprints, and a lantern. Now, when I'm backpacking, I 
tend to go as light as humanly possible. So the things like even one of the ultralight camping chairs aren't necessarily something I'm going to bring. So I am limited to my small single person or double person tent as well as a sleeping bag. And that's about it for seating and, and stuff like that. Obviously, if it's a shorter hike where I'm going to hike a mile out to a campsite that's close to the Superior hiking trail or anything like that, I can pack a little bit heavier. But in the car, I, I can pack all of this stuff and more. You can make sure that you have your duct tape, your lighters, your first aid kits, scissors, knives, multi-tool, axe, gloves, firewood, which is always awesome. You don't have to go hunting for firewood, as well as paracord and water filters, as well as a camp kitchen. Now, when you are car camping, your ability to cook is immensely higher. So when I say a camp kitchen, you can grab one of the Coleman two burner stoves. Jet Boyle has a couple really nice stoves that you can use that are meant for camping, cooking in pots and stuff like that. And you can also bring a lot more food, snacks, and everything in between. Not to mention the ability that you have to pack more clothing, to pack toiletries, to pack a kayak, canoe, paddleboard, bicycles, or anything like that. Car camping really is awesome for this feature that you get to be outside, but also have these comforts that you would normally have if you were going out for the day from your house. I personally always enjoy bringing some level of musical instrument with me and able to do so. So when you're looking to go car camping, there's a few things you really want to make sure of. One, does the area you're going to have available spaces that you can park your car and not destroy the campsite that you're in. This goes back to the leave no trace principle and two episodes ago when I talked about leave no trace. But you don't want to just go and say, oh, well, that's close enough to the road. I can off-road and park my vehicle there. And all of a sudden you're digging up mud and dirt and everything else that makes this campsite so natural and beautiful. The next thing you want to make sure of is that, is there any extra cost to have my vehicle? A lot of times, especially at state parks, you are allowed one vehicle and then you would pay extra for a second vehicle. When I go car camping, it's always one. But if you have a big family or if you have multiple groups of people going, you want to make sure that you look and see what the cost is for that. Another thing to look at when you're planning on going car camping is, is there electricity available at the campsites? Not all of the state parks in the area have electricity, but I know when we go up to Grand Marais, which is about an hour south of the Canadian border, it's a beautiful little town that reminds me of like a little East Coast villagey area. Those do have electricity as well as bathrooms and facilities available to you as well as showers. Now, if you're going somewhere where you're car camping, but those things aren't available, you want to make sure you plan ahead and bring things like a camp shower or your own towels, toiletries, toilet paper, anything like that. As we were talking about food, what this does when you're car camping is it allows you to bring a cooler, a large cooler. I personally have a bear safe cooler that I bring with me and that opens up immensely what you can bring for food. A lot of times we'll bring burger meat and anything else that can be refrigerated that allows us to cook fresh food as we're going. Most times I tend to, depending on how far we go, I tend to bring the cooler with ice and ice packs and then I go grocery shopping on the way to the camping area. That way the food is a little bit fresher and... It'll last a little bit longer while we're camping. Now, on top of that, you can bring an entire cooking set instead of just bringing your burner as well as one pot or whatever you need to boil water and eat some of the food that you have available while you're hiking. But this includes pots, pans. You can bring different seasonings that you would normally not bring with you when you're out doing an overnight or backpacking. You can also bring cutlery, cutting boards, anything like that. It makes for an awesome opportunity to cook some great food and obviously bring a lot of cooking utensils, tongs, stuff like that, as well as a dish bucket. That way you're not just rinsing off and boiling out some of the impurities that are caused from the cooking process, you're able to actually physically wash your gear and wash your cooking supplies while you go. My girlfriend and I always, always, always make coffee. So whether that's bringing some pour over packs from Kuju or bringing my Chemex set with me out that way, we can do some fresh pour over coffee and we always make sure that we bring coffee mugs. You can even bring a more portable coffee maker that if you have electricity available at your 
site. And then it also allows you to bring a water jug. I tend to try and bring at least five gallons for every three days, sometimes even two days, depending on what I'm cooking, to make sure that I have enough water to one drink and two to cook with and clean with. But when you're going hiking or backpacking, you can only bring close to a gallon, if that, without really affecting the amount of weight that you have and or bring with you a water for purifier. That way you're able to clean your water while you're on the way. One big thing that I want to remind everyone, especially if you know that there's a site that has showers, is make sure that you remember to bring towels as well as uh, cleaning supplies for your body. I know we uh, took a trip up to Tedaguchi. It was my girlfriend's son's first time camping, let alone car camping. And we realized that we had gotten a little bit sweatier than we were expecting when we were doing our hikes and we wanted to shower. Well, guess what? We didn't bring any towels. We didn't bring anything to clean ourselves with. So we had to improvise, use some hand dryer, stuff like that. And I know for all of you experienced campers out there, this is very much a first world camper problem, but it is definitely something to think of if you're planning to go camping. I personally enjoy using some type of hand size uh, quick dry towel. They're more of a microfiber towel that uh, you can dry yourself off with and will dry very quickly after the fact. Another big thing you're going to want to bring with you is things to clean up after yourself because even though you are at a recognized campsite that allows car camping, you still need to leave no traces. There's no question about it. We don't want to take away from what this earth has provided us. One of the best ways you can do that is to bring a trash bag or a couple trash bags that way you can separate recyclables and trash, anything that's more landfill items. And you can also make sure that you bring, say, a broom or anything like that if you have a paved area that you parked in. Now, when I say lanterns, you can obviously bring one of the small inflatable lanterns or anything like that while you're backpacking or hiking and camping. But with the ability to pack things in your vehicle, you're able to bring much larger larger lanterns or multiple lanterns. That way you can light up the entirety of your campsite and really enjoy that. I also like to bring some type of Christmas light or LED lights that I can string up in the back of my truck. And that's going to be specific, specifically based on if there is electricity in the site. I always have a headlamp, whether I'm hiking, camping, or anything in between. I just picked up one of the Black Diamond headlamps that I had talked about in prepping for winter episode. And then you can also bring your reusable water bottles. If there isn't power available on the site, I would almost recommend when you're already doing the glamping style car camping, bringing some type of portable power bank. I have a couple that will charge my devices, two devices for about three days. You can pick up something like the Goal Zero Flip uh, 24 power bank. This is one that actually has a pronged plug-in as well as a car charger port and USB adapters. That way you can plug in multiple items. And I also like to bring a speaker. And we just talked about this in the Leave No Trace episode where you don't want to take away from other people's experience out in the wilderness. But if you are at a recognized campsite with car camping and you want to play some music lightly to enjoy your time with your friends, family, or anything in between, some type of portable Bluetooth speaker is going to be a great option. JBL makes a bunch of really good uh, portable waterproof speakers. Because let's face it, when we go camping, most times you're going to run into an issue where you are getting rained on, which is also why I like being able to camp in the back of my truck where I have that nice cap to protect me from that. Now, as far as hammocks go, I personally have an Eno hammock as well as one that I got from Paddle North, which is just, I'm not sure exactly what brand the uh, hammock itself is, but it holds two people. It can hold up to 800 pounds, whereas my Eno is meant to hold up to 300 pounds. So if you want to bring something like that along with you, the Eno single nest hammock is a great option. If you are using a truck or anything like that, you can hook it right into the back of the truck bed and then attach it to a tree if you don't have many trees that are available. And you also want to make sure that you have straps that are going to be long enough that if you need to cover a good amount of space to be able to connect your hammock, you are able to do that. As far as the camp clothing goes, it's going to be very similar to anything else that you're going to want to do out camping when you're hiking, but you're going to want those quick dry shirts, microfiber shirts, Patagonia, cool capoline tees are a great option for something like that, as well as a long sleeve base layer. Some type of fleece as the outer layer and the 
then I like to bring a synthetic puffy depending on how cold my camping is just because it's easy to pack. It doesn't take up a large footprint within my package and it is uh, something that keeps you warm. Leggings are always good. Uh, quick dry underwear is a must. Make sure that you're bringing lots of underwear and socks because you don't want to run into a situation where you don't have enough or they get wet and you don't have them. And then I tend to usually bring some type of camp shoe, whether that be a pair of sandals and or some slip-on merrells that I have. And then I bring my hiking boots in case I want to do some day hikes from the area that I'm camping. I always bring a beanie depending on whether it's winter or summer just because it can cool down as the night goes on. And then I bring some type of sun protective hat, whether that's a uh, ball cap or some type of larger sun hat. Now, as I was saying before, toiletries are a great thing to have with you. I would still recommend levels of biodegradable products that aren't going to be hazardous if you are using a camp shower or anything like that if facilities aren't available. And you're also going to want to bring things like sunscreen, wet wipes, uh, travel size toiletries, whether that's hand soap or anything like that, and bug spray as well as toothpaste, your toiletry bag to hold everything, and some type of kit if there aren't bathrooms available to be able to use the restroom in the tune of number two or number one depending if you're male or female. That way you can be comfortable and set something up that's a far enough away from your area in order to be able to uh, use the restroom. When you're going on one of these camping trips, survey says you're going to go out and you're going to do some kayaking, canoeing, paddling, hiking, or any of those outdoor recreations that we always talk about on this podcast. So you're going to want to bring some type of day pack, possibly with a hydration reservoir and maybe even some trekking poles, depending on if you like to use those while you're hiking. Again, I can't stress enough that this is what makes car camping so awesome is that all of these things that I just talked about are things you generally can't pack with you when you're out backpacking to a campsite, but you can bring when you are camping out of your vehicle. As far as car camping is concerned, just remember that you need to always plan ahead just like any other type of camping trip just because you are car camping and you have the luxuries that you wouldn't have backpacking. You absolutely have to make sure that you're prepared for what could happen while you're out in wilderness and out in these parks and in these other locations that allow you to car camp. You also want to make sure that you're packing heavy and really enjoy the ability to do so. Because if you're just walking out with a backpack and and going from a, a parking spot or anything and hiking out miles and miles to get to a campsite, you won't be able to enjoy these creature comforts. So car camping allows you to do that. Other than that, make sure you bring extra toiletries and lots of delicious food because again, you cannot enjoy those things as easily and as, in as many ways as you would be able to when you are hiking. Thank you so much for listening in, guys. If you want to hear more from Heading North Podcast, just go to headingnorthpodcast.com. If you want to find us on social media, search Heading North Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Heading North Pod on Twitter. And if you want to support what it is that I do here and allow me to make my content better and make an income from this content as I do not make you guys listen to ads while you listen to the show, then head to patreon.com forward slash Heading North Podcast. Or you can pick up one of the awesome merchandise that we provide on the website, just go to headingnorthpodcast.com forward slash shop. 